Hey there, if you're listening to this and you support us on Patreon, you can hear it via the Patreon page and free. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week we're taking one last look back at 2023. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. I'll share my annual mixtape, and we'll mourn the musicians we lost last year. Plus, we'll share some of our favorite singles from 2023. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Every year, we do our best to spotlight the musicians and music industry folks who died that we want to pay tribute to. However, we never get to everyone. You know, that's right, Jim. I mean, first, we want to recap who we discussed this year. It's quite a laundry list, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, Since we always have people asking, why didn't you talk about this person? A lot of times we did. Uh, But we obviously couldn't get to them all. But here's what we did cover in our regular episodes uh, of people who passed away in 2023. Jeff Beck, David Crosby, Tom Berlane, Sinead O'Connor, Burt Backrack, Wayne Shorter, Seymour Stein, Andy Rourke of the Smiths, Trugoy the Dove of Della Soul, Tina Turner, Gordon Lightfoot, Cynthia Vile, Robbie Robertson, and our late colleague, Mary Gaffney. We also have the weekly bonus podcast episodes, Greg, and there we paid tribute to Rudolph Isley, John Kesdy of The Effigies, Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth, Jimmy Buffett, kind of, Sixto Rodriguez, uh, Jane Birkin, Blackie Onassis of Verge Overkill, Astrid Gilberto, Frank Kozik, the great Seattle poster artist, Rita Lee of Oz Mutantes, Keith Reed of Procol Harum, Glenn Spot Lockett, the famous house producer of SST Records, and uh, Van Connor of The Screaming Trees. Now we're going to spend a little bit more time highlighting some people we didn't get a chance to memorialize in 2023. Jim, you're up first. Yeah, Greg, we got to pay tribute to Denny Lane, a founding member of the Moody Blues and a longtime member of Wings, who died at the age of 79 of lung disease. Um, One of those fascinating kind of zealot characters in rock and roll, you know, a native of Birmingham, England. Grew up obsessed with the the gypsy jazz of Django Reinhardt and Stéphane Grappelli. Uh, Moved on to Spanish guitar. Found himself starting the Moody Blues. He was the vocalist on the Moody's uh, first big hit, Go Now, which was a cover. Uh, But then he split 
creative differences before their huge breakthrough with the orchestral pop of uh, Days of Future Past in 1967, was sitting around uh, doing not much until he got a call one day uh, who said, uh, the fellow on the other end of the line said, hey, uh, why don't you fly to Scotland and meet me here? Uh, We got to do something together. And that was, of course, Paul McCartney. So Paul and Linda and Denny Lane were the three founding members of Wings. McCartney, despite being Sir Paul, always considered Lane an equal member. Uh, And it was that trio uh, rounded out by other musicians through seven albums Lane Mm -hmm. played on. Uh, Wrote Mull of Kintyre with McCartney. Uh, You know, had claimed to be a co-writer on Band on the Run, uh, the number one smash by Wings. Although on the record, it's only Paul and Linda. Um, You know, a couple of solo albums followed later in life, but hard to uh, have an encore after Wings. (laughs) Nevertheless, one of those British musicians who popped up in fascinating places and made a real contribution. So, uh, you know, to pay tribute to Denny, we could play so much of his guitar work, but he was the lead vocal on the Moody Blues' first smash hit, Go Now, covering Bessie Banks. Here it is. We've already said... Go Now by the Moody Blues, a couple of uh, collections of the early days when they were sort of moving from skiffle band to Brit pop band, uh, and then, you know, pre-orchestral pop. Right, that was a huge hit. You still hear it on the radio. And, uh, you know, it was part of Wings' sets and those big tours in the the 70s. You know, Denny was out front singing that for them. Uh, I want to go next to to Shane McGowan. We, uh, you know, died late in the year. Uh, and uh, man, you know, at age 65 on, on yeah. November, November 30th, not a huge shock. I mean, um, Shane was in bad shape for quite a long time, had major health issues, obviously uh, had, a, had a drinking issue. Uh, but man, that funeral was incredible. I mean, you, you get funerals like that for presidents and stuff. It's just like, oh, I know. The They're... whole country was mourning Shane. He was such a beloved character. Tremendous um, love. A, what a figure. Uh, in 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 music, but also just a a gentlemanly dude, you know, just well loved. He was by, you know, he would always be a friend to whoever he talked to at a bar or whatever. I'm conflicted about Shane. I'll be honest, and yeah. I know that you are too. Yeah. And you know, I saw the Pogues between the Pogues and Shane's uh, solo ventures in a band called the Popes. Um, you know, I saw him like five or six times over the years, and the initial shows with the Pogues were pretty amazing. Uh, undoubtedly an amazing songwriter as well as a visionary in the way he was able to bring uh, uh, traditional Irish folk songwriting and instrumentation and merge it with that punk snarl and attitude. He came out of the punk scene but you know saw a lot of fertile territory in, in, in the traditions uh, that his heritage pointed him toward. Uh, and Streams of Whiskey, Boys from Country Hell, A Pair of Brown Eyes, A Rainy Night in Soho, you know, 
guilt, sin, redemption, the transience of love, despair. Yeah. It's all there. I mean, that song, Fairy Tale of New York, I'd put that right up there with uh, one of the greatest Christmas songs ever, you know, alongside like Darlene Love doing Christmas Baby, Please yeah. Come no, Home, it's a classic. Joni Mitchell's River, uh, a duet with Kirsty McCall that is still played to this day. And that, 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 you know, it's not just a cheery Christmas song. It's about two desperate people on Christmas, and it's not doesn't go well for everybody. The holidays aren't a great time for everybody. It's like right? a novel, you yeah. know. And, you know, the tragedy of, of his life is that uh, so much talent, but that self-destructive streak, which too many people romanticized for too long. Well, you know, my, my big issue was I remember the last time I went to see Shane, it was sad because... You know, as soon as he put that first drink to his lips, people mm. cheered raucously like they were encouraging this. And he went through two bottles of wine that night. I go, I'm not sure I can see another show. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, the fact is the legacy was incredible. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's a sad one as well. Uh, you know, I think it's only appropriate uh, to play uh, a little bit of... Uh, the, the Shane McGowan uh, song that perhaps is he best remembered by, Fairy Tale of New York. It is the holidays. Mm -hmm. uh, Fairy Tale of New York, I think, is the way to, to pay tribute to uh, the late Shane McGowan. I could have been someone. Well, so could anyone. You took my dreams from me when I first found you. I kept them with me, by I put them with my own Can't make it all alone I built my dreams around you Shane McGowan of the Pogues, uh, dead at the age of 65 on November 30th. You've got another one for us, right, Jim? Greg, I'm going to talk about Scott Kempner next. Uh, probably not a household name, but I would argue uh, did much to forward not one, but two genres that mm. live on today. Uh, he was a pioneer in both. Born and raised in the Bronx, uh, Scott Kempner uh, met these two other fellows, Andy Chernoff and Ross Friedman, and together they formed The Dictators. Uh, it happened during a visit uh, to a friend in college, 1972. When The Dictators released their debut album, The Dictators Go Girl Crazy, it was a year before the Ramones. Many people point to that as one of the earliest punk rock records and if you listen to their cover of california sun mm -hmm. it's kind of all there uh the ramones obviously did more the dictators you know couldn't really get arrested during their early years of uh, three albums on two different major labels they didn't catch fire i got to share the stage once with kempner in, mm -hmm. in one of many dictators revivals with my punk band and they they were always great uh but as a second act, he was much more successful. He was the main songwriter, the main vocalist, the driving force of 
the Delords. And, you know, the Delords, I would argue, is one of those bands in the early 80s, uh, formed in 1982, that really launched the kind of old country root rocks revival mm -hmm. that, that led to a vibrant scene, you know, in the 90s and gave us, you know, you, Wilco, you name it, right? right. Um, you know, they had a lot of... of, of the, the rawest kind of country in them, a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, sawdust on the barroom floor, shot in a beer, uh, kind of roots rock, uh, you know, gusto. There's a great line by John Perellas writing about the Delords in, in 84. Twang and thump like country rockers without ever turning their back on their hometown mm -hmm. of New York City. Uh, I was a fan of the Delords. Got to see them many times in my New York days. Three solo albums on top of the work with the Delords. I think Kempner was uh, an underrated talent who deserved the nickname the Dictators gave him. Everybody in the Dictators had a nickname, right? Mm -hmm. He was top 10. Yeah. So uh, Scott Kempner dead at the age of 69 from complications of dementia. I'm going to uh, remember him with Burning in the Flame of Love from the 1984 Delords album Frontier Days. Frontier Days was the album Burning in the Flame of Love by the Delords in tribute to Scott Kempner. Great stuff. Another underrated uh, giant, uh, Dwight Twilley, uh, died October 18th at age 72, the pride of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, man, uh, early Beatles pop melodies with that rockabilly reverb, brisk tempos, guitar-based hooks upon hooks. Mm -hmm. You have the uh, a progenitor of what became known as power pop. Um, Dwight Twilley was, was the man, you know, alongside the big star, the Raspberry Shoes, uh, you know, Twilley and the Dwight Twilley band were right there with them all. Uh, precursor of New Wave, too. That sounded really great in that New Wave era. It that sure music did. really held up. Really succinct pop tunes done, you know, lots of melody, uh, driving guitars. That first single released in 1975 i'm on fire mm -hmm. you know i put that in the top 10 of any 70s song you know it's like one of those songs that you put it on now and it still sounds great you yeah. go, who is that no it's timeless it right. transcends its era we we are always bemoaning how little respect the genre of power pop gets absolutely and uh, but he was more than a one-hit wonder he he scored another hit in the uh, early 80s with girls and uh, continued to release albums across five decades, first with uh, his musical partner Phil Seymour and the Dwight Twilley Band, and then as a solo act. But that, uh, that, that song from the 70s, undeniable. I'm going to play it one more time because it does stand the test of time. Dwight Twilley with I'm on Fire on Sound Opinions.
That's a little bit of Dwight Twilley, I'm on Fire. Uh, Dwight leaves us on October 18th at the age of 72, but uh, several great songs, that one being the greatest of them all. When we come back, I'll share some of my favorites from the top 10 commercial smash songs, <laughs> things we never covered this year, and our production staff will weigh in too on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. Skip the grocery store, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Factor now offers additional options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you want to try Factor and make your life easier, here's what you need to do. Head to factormeals.com slash soundops50 and use code soundops50 to get 50% off. That's code soundops50 at factormeals.com slash soundops50 to get 50% off. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island's been brewing beers in the spirit of Chicago. You can find IPAs, lemonade, shandy, and limited releases in-store or at one of Goose's venues in Chicago. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And we are back. The aforementioned Mr. Cott is the master of the <laughs> mixtape. I have long ago ceded to him the idea of uh, building an annual mixtape because he's so good at it, and <laughs> I have a much shorter attention span. However, to round out my contribution to the show, I'm going to play some uh, huge hit singles that we never talked about on Sound Opinions. You know, Greg... Uh, Mostly I listen to public radio mm. or the records we are uh, prepping to review right. each week. But uh, I try once, twice a week uh, to just hit the buttons on the car radio to the, I believe we now have four. You know, my presets are one in two public radio, right. uh, three through, through six, uh, uh, the pop stations in Chicago. And, um, you know, there was this controversy in the 90s, and it's it's long in the rearview mirror, you know, rockists versus <laughs> popists. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it criticized uh, critics like you and me for not paying enough attention to the top 10 at any given moment, right? And I think, look, you know, there's a lot of dross on the pop charts, mm. usually, and then there are these gems. You know, it's it's kind of like breakfast, right? You should have oatmeal every day. It's good for you. But once in a while, a bowl of Frosted well, Flakes. I mean, you and I were both daily critics for, for decades, right? And mm -hmm. you had to pay attention to the charts. So it's a yes. kind of a bogus complaint. Um, it always was. You don't necessarily have to like all of it, but you certainly addressed it. And uh, I took it seriously, and I know you did yeah. as well. So I'm really glad that you're going to be highlighting some of these uh, some of these artists. Well, it's always fun every year because they're not necessarily people that we've gotten to talk about. I actually have four women, and it didn't... Uh, 
strike me until I was winnowing down my list of favorite singles that all of these have a theme. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the theme is railing and ranting against toxic masculinity. Timely in 2023, Mm -hmm. timely for the entire history of humanity, uh, unfortunately. Um, But these were uh, delicious pop confections that did this. And I'm going to lead off with Olivia Rodrigo. Now, we were fans of her big breakthrough debut, uh, the hit Driver's License, a couple of years ago. She put out another album uh, in uh, mid-2023. And uh, the lead single was a pop rock tune with a whole lot of goth and a little bit of progressive rock in it called Vampire. You know, driven by piano, uh, building with these electric guitars, synths, uh, massive program drums, right? And uh, it is indeed a bit of gothic vampire uh, fun, right? You know, the cover of the single uh, showed Olivia with, uh, you know, two bite marks, uh, band-aids over bite marks on her neck. Uh, She's talking about Bloodsucker, fame blanker, bleeding me dry like a blank vampire. So it's railing against uh, the fame machine, which has done, you know, pretty well by her, but also a man who would suck the life out of her. So here's the former uh, Disney uh, television star uh, with a really nice pop confection. I'm going to jump past the moody, uh, slow gothic intro to where it really starts to build and build and build all in a couple of minutes all perfect for the pop charts and uh, it was a huge hit that we never got around to talking about Olivia Rodrigo, Vampire. Gotta love a good vampire song. Oh, I do. And I actually do like that moody intro. I like the way it's sort of, uh, and then then it kicks in. But uh, it's a cool song. And uh, she, you know, uh, she got a lot of props this year. Everybody said, is is she a one-hit wonder? Well, she proved that she certainly was. Was more than just driver's license. Let's turn to uh, producer Alex Claiborne for one of her pop favorites in 2023. What do you got, Alex? Popular music is like breakfast cereals. I would say mm-hmm. my song is like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's not much <laughs> nutritional value, but damn if it isn't delicious. There's okay? more than Frosted Flakes. It's, yeah, there's there's some good stuff in there. Um, so the song I wanted to talk about is Dance the Night uh, by Dua Lipa, and it's from the Barbie movie, which turns out to be the biggest movie of the year. Uh, of the and, century. Yes, and I personally really enjoyed it, and... This song is kind of a good encapsulation of the beginning of the film because it's shiny. It's a disco-inspired number. We've got Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt and the Picard brothers, who are our French DJs, just making this slick, polished 
fun song. And I just found this song to be that perfect encapsulation of it's shiny and bright, but there is a little bit of an undertone of like, maybe something mm-hmm. is amiss. Maybe yep. something is, is about to go wrong. Maybe the plastic will melt. Mm. <laughs> yes, we, we don't know. But um, I, I just found it to be, like I said, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's like, is it going to fill you up for a long time? No, but like, damn, if it isn't just tasty and fun. <laughs> All right, Dua Lipa, Dance the Night. Lately, I've been moving close to the end. Alex's pick, Dance the Night. We've been Dua Lipa fans. Yeah, yeah right. she's great. And, you know, the Barbie movie, uh, Alex, I'm, I'm a fan, too. Uh, my my youngest daughter and I just had a conversation about it again yesterday. We, we saw it six months ago together, mm-hmm. and I said, you know... I've been thinking about that movie. Goes, I have too, and I. She went to see it twice. There's more. It's one of those movies that has this sort of surfacey silliness to it, but then you start thinking more about some yeah. of the some of the content of it, and it's uh, there's more to it than it, immediately it's good meets on the ear and the too. eye. And it, it was yeah, it was better than Oppenheimer. I will, I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer was good too, but I'm I'm a Barbie girl, so. Well, it's time for my second pop uh, pick of the year, SZA, featuring Doja Cat. I'm going to go with the Kill Bill remix. Uh, Now, Kill Bill was a signature song from uh, SZA's uh, huge 2022 album, S.O.S., but you know how how these pop rollouts work, right? Right, right. You know, when you've got a big album, they just keep releasing singles, and SZA freshened it up. Uh, by turning to Doja Cat uh, for this remix. Um, a really cool R&B song, mid-tempo, uh, you know, detuned uh, melody, right? Uh, I love that there's a flute on there sampled from a, a Prophet 6 synth. Mm. So a little bit of that analog synth thing I love. Of course, it's referencing the Tarantino uh, films. Uh, and Bill uh, was not a good man uh, to the narrator of this song. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As SZA has said, this is my villain era, uh, and she is railing against that and taking her revenge. Um, I like that. I like that she's putting the boy in his place, uh, that she is uh, a powerful woman. It's a song of female empowerment. As I said, it just turns out all of these singles were uh, ranting and raving against toxic masculinity. Her first number one on the Billboard Global chart Mm. and uh, a number one in the U.S. too when it was the fifth single uh, in uh, January, way back in January. So SZA featuring Doja Cat. At the Kill Bill remix. I did for this, cause she was seeing bread, and all I saw was you. It happened in the flash when she charged at me, y'all crisscross. Saw her fall to the floor, then you paused, and in horror, that shot wasn't for her. Was it? I might kill my ex. Not the best idea. His new girlfriend's next. Yeah, 
SZA with Doja Cat, Kill Bill Remix. You know, when an album connects, Greg, it can have a two-year, three-year lifespan. Well, that one came out so late in 2022. I'm glad you gave it some love here because it's a great record. And uh, if you want to hit, get Doja Cat. Yeah. Uh, between these two artists, they have been dominating uh, the charts the last couple of years, and with good reason. Oh, Doja Cat had a great year as well. Uh, we are going to turn to associate producer Sol Delgadillo for her pop pick. Sol, what have you got? Hi, friends. Um, apologies for the background noise. Uh, but I picked Left Right by XG, and I feel like this song kind of dominated a good chunk of my listening this year. And I feel like I barely talk about girl groups on here, so I feel like I need to express a little bit about them um, just because I I loved all the stuff that they put out this year. But um, XG is a Japanese girl group that is based in Korea, sings in English. I was wondering if there was going to be a (laughs) K-pop connection. Okay. Uh. Mm -hmm. I I originally found them through a video that they put out called XG um, Tape Number 2 Girls Cypher. Um, and it's where like the rap line of the group did four interpolations of songs from J.I.D., J. Cole, Ty Dolla Sign, and Rosalia. Mm. And the one that stuck out to me in that one was the very first one that the youngest did of the group, which her name is Kokona, so the, the name of the song is Kokona. And it was her take on Surround Sound by Jid. And they rap in all three languages, and that video alone currently has like 28 million views so wow needless to say when left right came out i was very excited hmm. and i think at the time they only had like three other songs out so it was really cool and uh left right is my song of the year and it just reminds me of like late 90s early 2000s r&b like you know sierra destiny's child tlc and the track is on is all in english as like most of their actual songs are um, and I just think they're so cool, and I, I can't believe that they don't have, like, much more attention than they already do. So, mm. yeah. All right, let's dive in. Boy, just follow my flow, don't matter where we go. Delgadillo's pick, XG, left, right. Uh, Soul's always surprising us, Greg. Well, you know, uh, good stuff for sure. Uh, the seven-member uh, group, uh, uh, you know, with the multiple <laughs> ethnic backgrounds uh, is pretty cool. That's a traveling Lilith yeah, fair exactly. for the pop era. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I'm going to uh, another favorite of mine, Greg, Pink Pantheris. Uh, and this is a, a remix as well with Ice Spice joining uh, her for Boys a Liar Part 2. Mm. Um, it really was uh, a fantastic single. Uh, the remix, it introduced uh, Pink Pantheris to the pop charts in the U.S., made it all the way up to number three. It is two minutes and 11 seconds of dance pop, bubblegum, synth pop uh hyper pop uh, <laughs> i don't even i had to look up what hyper pop is mm. all right you know what I mean? all right pop you get the idea the idea here is um we have a woman uh who is angry that her male companion is distracted by that male gaze what we have is in two minute 
an 11 second pop song format that meme come to life mm. you know <laughs> the guy's walking with his girlfriend right, the girlfriend's right. horrified looking at him because he's uh, staring at another woman mm. and um, is this uh, you know heavy lifting no but once again we have a, a delicious pop confection railing against guys being jerks uh, my recurring theme Pink Pantherist with Ice Spice who is also wonderful Boys a Liar Part 2 <laughs> Get my shit cause he know what I'm on But when he hit me I'm not gonna respond But I don't sleep enough without you And I can't eat enough without you If you don't speak does that mean we're through Don't like sneaky shit that you do Pink Pantherist featuring Ice Spice, Boys a Liar, Part 2. The uh, girls are kicking the boys' butts on my list anyway. <laughs> Let's see what Andrew Gill has. You're go- you, Andrew's got a boy, so that's okay. Uh, yeah, this is kind of doesn't fit the theme of pop songs, but I will say it is toxic masculinity, except from the guy's mm. perspective, and the guy is actually taking responsibility years later for their right. toxicity. And not just any guy. So. Jason Isbell, he made my uh, top Bull, albums yes. of the year list. He is he is a man who tries to be a good man. Yeah, yeah. And this was, you know, I don't know if it was more evident on any track on Weather Vanes more than White Beretta, um, which, you know, it's probably a fictional story, but it's about a guy who grows up evangelical and gets a girl pregnant and then drives her to mm. get an abortion. And, uh, and was kind of, you know, not really there for her, um, and is thinking back on it years later and trying to take responsibility. Um, you know, that's basically the gist of the song. Um, you know, it, it resonated for me this year because I've been working on this side project about I was going to mention that one more time and the effects and, and I was. I was just listening to this song. I'm like, well, Jason did this in three minutes. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. I'm trying to do. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He's got it in this pop song. So uh, it's, it's the same the same mission uh, behind it, uh, what I'm doing and what he's doing. So White Beretta really hit me hard this year. And I wanted to talk about it on the uh, Best Albums episode, but yeah, you got I, I it, did. Jim. I, so, I, I, I mean, love Weather <laughs> I really do. But I'm glad we got to revisit it, Andrew. White Beretta. We can't get too much Jason Isbell on this show ever, Greg. Um, Let's turn to our Columbia College intern, a fine uh, production student as well, Max Hatlam. Max, I can't picture you picking a K-pop song, so what have you got for us, my friend? Yeah, a little different. This is Fingers of Steel by the band Shame. For people that don't know, this is a British post-punk band. I just discovered them this year with this record. And I really love the full album, but nothing quite 
hits the highs of this opener for me, which is why I thought it was a good pick for my single of the year. It might be my most listened to song of the year. I don't know. Mm, it's mm. it's hard to keep track. Spotify just tells me like, oh, no, it's the music you're listening to while you're studying. But yeah, I don't yeah. think well, that really counts, you know. The streaming service whose name we generally tried to not mm, mention. But that's no. it. <laughs> oh, but Greg and I have had this debate, Max, about yeah. shame uh, portraying these sometimes toxic masculinity being the the theme of my uh, pop picks, um, you know, they can come off as jerks. I say that they are lampooning those that jerkish behavior. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think this song kind of fits with that. Um, there's, it's not gender specific, but it, it it's about a friend that you're trying to help and just get to a point where you realize there's nothing you can do for this person. They're in a place that they have to get out of on their own. Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I know plenty of guys that have been in that situation. I, I don't know if it's a gender specific thing, but I think it's an interesting topic for a song. It's not really like specific to this year for me. There's not like a, I'm, I'm not really picking it for thematic resonance as much as it's just a good song. Like yeah. it's, it's a great song. It's deceptively complex, kind of masquerading as like a simple upbeat sing-along song but it's got great riffs it's got some like five eight time signature in it which you really wouldn't expect even from like an experimental post-punk mm. band um so yeah musically it just it's just right up my alley all right fingers of steel by shame well, Max's pick, a fine one, shame, fingers of steel. Greg, I'm going to wrap up the uh, pop segment of the show with uh, Miley Cyrus's huge hit, Flowers, from her eighth studio album, Endless Summer Vacation. Um, Speaking of the streaming platform who we shall not name, uh, within the first 24 hours, almost 8 million plays for this song. Wow. Uh, Miley, you know, now Miley has been, uh, since uh, Hannah Montana, uh, you know, became Miley Cyrus, or Mm -hmm. Miley dropped her alter ego, has been, like, kind of all over the map with what she's done. There's been the uh, Wrecking Ball, which I think was sort of pandering uh, sexism uh, in that single, and, you know, then she made an album with the Flaming Lips, Mm -hmm. right? Which neither of us liked. Um, uh, But always interesting always worth an ear and i think flowers is probably the best thing she has given us so far um it is uh just a wonderful piece of pop i do love those raspy vocals we got a disco anthem she was uh, apparently setting out to try to write something as powerful as gloria Gaynor's i will survive i'm not sure if it's going to have that staying power but it's a darn good song and the theme again is in the face of toxic masculinity i don't need that in my life i can take myself dancing miley says i can hold my own hand and of course i can buy myself 
flowers. <laughs> um, yeah, Miley, good for you. Um, always interesting. You know, young still. And, and at what, what, 31, you said? 31 years old, uh, which I couldn't believe. Like, she seems like she's been around forever. With us, yeah, for, for, and, for decades. And yeah. she has been at least half her life making music, right? Uh, pretty incredible. And, yet, and always it, reinventing herself. Right. If, you thought, if you'd said 15 years ago she's going to be around now, you, you probably would have said, well, maybe not. You know, but here yeah. she is. Flowers by Miley Cyrus. I can buy myself flowers. Write my name in sand. Talk to myself for hours. Say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing. And I can hold my own head. Yeah, I can love me Miley Cyrus's Flowers wraps up our uh, look at the pop charts. Some great picks from our staff and from Jim. And uh, when we come back, you're going to get a taste of uh, what I liked about this year with my annual mixtape magnum opus uh, that's coming up on Sound Opinions. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago that are inspired by this city. Take 312 Lemonade Shandy, Tropical Beer Hug Double IPA, and a rotating series of hazy IPAs only available in Chicago. Uh, you know, every time we go down to Goose Island, there's another one that they're pushing on us. That's right. You and know, they're all good. Absolutely. And uh, what supporters of, of musical culture, you know, in, in the city of Chicago and elsewhere, uh, if you go to a show in Chicago and you see that Goose Island uh, sign, you know, you know you're in good hands. Uh, they're music fans as well as great uh, beer makers at Goose Island. So we're really proud to be associated with them. The Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we are back. Greg, um, how, how many people do you share these annual mixtapes? Who, whoever wants them can have them. Um, you know, it's uh, it started out as kind of a labor of love before I was even the music critic at the Trib, and then I just uh, kept going, and I haven't stopped. I think it's a nice way for me to think about the year. I, I always sort of keep a running list of, of, uh, of stuff that I like every year. And uh, now with streaming services, you can actually, you know, keep a running work tape, so to speak, yeah. of, of, of the stuff that you liked. And you can share it with people. Correct. And uh, so I had, I had close to 300 songs that I was really, wow. <laughs> I had on that list. And I go, man, I'm going to winnow this down to like 40, right? So that's what this uh, mixtape is. And then talk about, what, half a dozen on the show. Correct. And then, you know, to me, and we've had this discussion before, I, I really view pop music as the most immediate reflection 
of where we are as a society. You know, they give us immediate feedback about the pop songs, give us immediate feedback about what's going on. I think we've just come out of a period where people are going to know exactly where they were when this event happened. And, you know, it's like the JFK shooting or mm-hmm. 9-11. Uh, COVID is in that same category. People are coming out of that period now, and they're reevaluating, they're reconsidering, they're reinventing themselves, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I just heard this the other day. How do I move on from this lingering trauma of COVID? Right? It's still here. A lot of these songs are reflecting that idea of taking what's next. Uh, so in this first group of songs, um, I wanted to f- reflect on that a little bit. And all these songs are about moving forward, or how do we move forward? Uh, you know, the group Rat Boys with Cross That Line, uh, the RBG, this band from Melbourne, uh, with a song called Midnight Sun about what's, you know, I think a meditation in part about, you know, the climate change, you know, thing that's just completely possessing people who are right-minded about the world and people its who are fate, paying attention, right? Yeah. Uh, one of your favorites, The Rain Parade, mm-hmm. I loved it. They came back with Last Race of a Dying Sun, and it's a beautiful song. It's a little cryptic, but it's sort of tied in a little bit with what RVG was singing about. And then I wanted to, this uh, this kind of cool cover of uh, the beta band's Dry the Rain mm. by a uh, songwriter named Sarah Noel that just kind of landed perfectly at a time when I said, what do I need to sort of complete this little group of songs? And it just seemed to like be the the song that would tie up all those loose ends. So here's uh, here's four songs for my upcoming mixtape.
That was a little bit of Sarah Noel's cover of Beta Band's Dry the Rain. You guys you, all you remember now, it from uh, High Fidelity, right? You have now sold five yeah. copies of yes. Sarah Noel the covering great, the, the Beta Band. The yeah. great scene in uh, High Fidelity. This next mixtape grouping from my uh, 2023 mix, which, by the way, is called Round the Bend. It's uh, named after the Tubbs song, Round the Bend. I always thought about, okay, we're moving on. We're moving forward. Where are we going? That's kind of the, the, the general theme of this, uh, of, the, of the mix that I created. And, and here we have a, a group you and I have loved forever, Ladytron, starting mm-hmm. up with City of Angels. Here are these, uh, uh, UK, this UK duo. Uh, Helen Marnie and uh, Mira Arroyo singing about uh, Los Angeles, the city of, yeah. of angels, you know, like we're, you know, we, we couldn't go to Los Angeles for th- several years. Here we are again, rediscovering this place. Well, we couldn't. People in Los Angeles were there. Correct. So, they yeah. were there. But, uh, you know, if you're in the UK, as as uh, uh, Lady Tron was, they couldn't they, go. They couldn't go. And, and, and it speaks to the bands too being able to go out on the road again, you know, mm-hmm. just even touring. Uh, Rick Wilson, uh, one of the great artists out of Chicago, um, and I love this song because it, it sort of speaks to what Lady Tron was talking about. Everyone Moves to L.A. is the single that he released earlier this year. And Rick is talking about the whole idea. Well, his, you know, his, his significant other says, you know, everybody's moving to L.A., you know, hmm. I got to do it. He goes, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Mm. You know, I'm going to make it here. I'm going to make it happen right here in, in Chicago. Uh, Butcher Brown, this uh, great uh, jazz uh, funk quintet out of Richmond, Virginia, with a, a, a track called Solar Music, a great rap on it with uh, Jay Prince, an East London rapper. Uh, and again, this whole idea of movement, Move Ride is the name of the track, um, getting this idea of we're, we're, we're now seeing the world again with new eyes. And closing up the set with Avalon Emerson, uh, Sandrail Silhouette, uh, this DJ uh, who's based in Berlin now uh, doing these uh, epic sets at a club in Berlin. Uh, but I love the way this track moves, the music reflecting kind of a long drive on the Trans-Europe Express, mm. you know, the scenery shifting uh, as you go through the countryside. You're looking out the window and the music is sort of reflecting that scenic change. So here is a, uh, a set of songs about movement, which comes near the end of my mixtape.
She told me she would call me again. I told her I was just checking in. Now she out with her friends. We had met in the city of wind. Had a passion for reading and fighting for kids. But she always wanted more than this shit I could give. Thought was holding her back. It's the place she would live. And I told her it's the hustle she give. But she said that I was being sexist. So she did what she did. And she moved out west. She got more stress. It's hard making friends when you barely get rest. Her Instagram together. But she really a wreck. How you go from chasing the dream to chasing the check? Emotions, yeah. Struggle and real, the bubble revealed, yeah. We could have prevailed, could never be still, yeah. I wrote you a letter, you checking your mail, yeah. They loving the kids, they loving the tell, yeah. Keep it alive, they want us to kill, yeah. Since the younger, they just want me to fail, yeah. I still be a young man, trying to keep love alive in the midst of the madness, that we have it. Let's get down, I don't wanna waste your time. Woke up in the morning, felt the blessings high. Gonna make a move, gotta ride, gotta That's a little bit of the amazing Sandrail silhouette, uh, one of my favorite tracks of the year from Avalon Emerson. Uh, and that wraps up what I thought about the year in popular music. I've got, uh, we've posted this on uh, Spotify. There's a link to it on our website, Jim. Yeah, soundopinions.org. You can uh, uh, enjoy the fruits of Greg's many hours of mixtape labor. You can also leave us a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org, with your pick for single of the year and why. Mr. Cott, what is on the show next week? Next week, Jim, a fascinating discussion about how Blood on the Tracks uh, was made. Mm. Uh, everybody thinks, well, it was made in New York, and, you know, Dylan was kind of unhappy with it. But what maybe a lot of people don't know is that he went to back to his home stomping grounds in Minnesota and recruited a bunch of local musicians and did half the album there. And we're going to talk to a couple of principals who helped make that record. A classic album dissection, Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan. And don't forget to check out our bonus podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo. Our Columbia College intern is Max Hatlam, and our social media consultant is Katie Cobb. I helped her out of the jam, I guess, but I used a little too much force. We drove that car as far as we could, abandoned it out west. Split up on the docks at night, but the green it was best. And she turned around to look at me as I was walking away. I heard her say over my shoulder.